Marks Madness. Yeah, we all, guys, you you all don't appreciate the relief that me and David feel right now, but ho, mm-hmm. is there relief in this room right now? Because holy cow, um, we don't have to read 15 pages two times in a row. <laughs> if we read three pages this week, you'll all just assume it was what we intended to do, and we won't have to have set that expectation for ourselves. That being said, uh, if anything from last week uh, sparked me, it's that we should be able to get through more of this book uh, than we have been. So I will try my best to keep us on track and uh, and moving through the book. But if if things come up that are relevant to current events, we're still yeah, going to obviously take important. our time and, and go through them. Yeah, things are important. Things are important. And, and, and the current events now are not, I mean, unimportant, but they're, they're things people understand, right? People <laughs> know... People know the squad's not going to save them. People know yeah. Joe Biden is 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 Trump, and he's not even going to back off on Iran and China because the the big machine says go burr, go burr, and 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 yeah. you know Joe Biden's going to going to attack official U.S. enemies. We know, you know, we'd see these things, right? I mean, these yeah. this, this is not so current events. We're not going to. We don't have to to have a little section at the beginning right now with this stuff, no, and they'll probably really come up in discussion. On. Yeah, and they'll probably come up in discussion, but not any more this week, I would think, than anything else. I said the book that takes that, and we'll see what it has for us. We'll see what it has for us. It it always it always has great stuff for us, and this book has been. Mm-hmm. I I I hesitate to put it up there, but it's becoming my favorite of the books we've read because there's just it's, so much in here. It's been pretty special, yeah. It's been pretty special. Um, yeah. That being said, we just got off of a very tense uh, YouTube-style debate between Andrew Johnson and the <laughs> color delegation. And afterwards, the color delegation published a reply to various points brought up by the president and especially stressed the matter of enmity between the Negroes and the poor whites. Again, this came up a lot during Johnson was hammering home that the poor whites and the Negroes hate each other and there's all this rage there and there'll be a race war if I do anything. And the color delegation wants to respond specifically to that. Yeah. The first point to which we feel especially bound to take exception is your attempt to found a policy opposed to our enfranchisement upon the allegation of uh, alleged ground of an existing hostility on the part of the former slaves toward the poor white people of the South. We admit the existence of this hostility and hold that it is entirely reciprocal. But you're obviously, but you obviously commit an error by drawing an argument from an incident of slavery and making it a basis for a policy adapted to a state of freedom. The hostility between the white and blacks of the South is easily explained. It has its root and sap in the relation of slavery and was incited on both sides by the cunning of the slave masters. Those masters secure their ascendancy both over both the poor whites and blacks by putting enmity between them again class making people Mm -hmm. fight each other at a lower level you're seeing this again slave masters force the poor whites and the 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 blacks to fight amongst each other it's the same thing that capital does to us today it attempts to alienate us and divide us along lines that don't really exist and shouldn't exist upon further examination yes which which again and and well i I want to make a point of that too is some people try to use that (laughs) as as trying to reduce you know black struggle so they're they're they they take the same argument that was rightly put forth here and we know does exist by you know uh by the the what do they call themselves the the color delegation um the color delegation here uh and they they put it forth 
you know, they put it forth in the same sense that Johnson does, right? You know, we don't want to upset white people. We need unity. And and no, no, you know, I mean, you should put that point forth, understanding that that means that that struggle is, is inherently needed to be conquered, needed like that, that oppression of black people needs to be stopped and there will be nothing to manipulate beyond that. Um, so it should do acute attention to pointing out and amplifying, you know, the black struggle, amplifying indigenous struggle, amplifying, you know, the struggle of houseless people, all, all these, these groups, you know, trans people, um, and, and especially like we see right here, you know, I mean, how black people have been treated in this country the whole time, right? You have to look yeah. at that as a white person and go, oh, yeah, they're doing that to divide us. But that doesn't mean racism is just a little tool to divide us and the real oppression is, is them over us. That should just tell you we have the same oppressors. And if we don't fight them, we become the oppressors and we work on our own and to a much greater extent, other people's oppression. Yeah, 100%. They divided both to conquer each. There was no earthly reason why the blacks should not hate and dread the poor whites when in a state of slavery, for it was when from this class that their masters received their slave catchers, slave drivers, and overseers. They were the men called in upon all occasions by the masters whenever any fiendish outrage was to be committed upon the slave. Now, sir, you cannot but perceive that the cause of this hatred removed, the effect must be removed also. Slavery is abolished. The cause of this antagonism is removed. You must see that it is altogether illogical and putting new wine into old bottles to legislate from slaveholding premises for a now people whom you have repeatedly declared it is your purpose to maintain in freedom. Besides, even if it were true, as you allege, that the hostility of the blacks towards the poor whites must necessarily protect its, project itself into a new state of freedom, and that this enmity between the two races is even more intense in a state of freedom than in a state of slavery, in the name of heaven, we reverently ask, how can you, in view of your professed desire to promote the welfare of the black man, deprive him of all means of defense and clothe him whom you regard as his enemy in the panoply of political power? Can it be that you recommend a policy which would arm the strong and cast down the defenseless? Can you, by any possibility of reasoning, regard this as just, fair, or wise? Experience proves that those who are most abused who can be abused, experience proves that those are most abused who can be abused with the greatest impunity. On the colonization theory, you were pleased to broach very much, could be said. It is impossible to suppose, in view of the usefulness of the black man in times of peace as a laborer in the South and in time of war as a soldier in the North, and in the growing respect for his rights among the people and the increasing adaptation to a high rate, high state of civilization in his native land, that there can ever come a time when he can be removed from his country without a terrible shock to its prosperity and peace. David, take it away. The committee of 15 began its work again. The indomitable Stevens never gave up, never despaired. If he could not get all he wanted, he stood fast and took what he could. He said, sadly, June 13th, 1866, in the House of Representatives, referring to the proposed 14th Amendment with its permission to disenfranchise the Negro, in my youth, in my manhood, in my old age, I had fondly dreamed that when any fortunate chance should have broken up for a while with the foundation of our institutions and released us from obligations, the most tyrannical that had ever 
that had ever man imposed in the name of freedom, that the intelligent, pure, and just men of this republic, true to their professions and their consciences, uh, would have so remodeled our institutions as to have freed them from every vestige of human oppression of inequality of rights, of the recognized degradation of the poor, and the superior caste of the rich. In short, that no distinction will be tolerated in this purified republic, but what arose from merit and conduct, this bright dream has vanished, like the baseless fabric of, of a vision. I find that we shall be obliged to be content with patching up the worst portions of the ancient edifice and leaving it in many of its parts to be swept through by the temptest frost, and storms of despotism. Do you inquire why holding these views and possessing some of my own, I will accept so imperfect a proposition? I answer because I live among men and not among angels, among men as intelligent, as determined, and as independent as myself, who, not agreeing with me, do not choose to yield up their opinions to mine. Mutual concessions is our only resort or mutual hostilities. So this is kind of Stephen's you know, logic for why he takes compromises, right? Which yeah, we talked about. He I mean, what he, he can had, get. Yeah, he takes what he can get, right? He's like, yeah, I mean, he called it too. He called the, the racial caste as a despotism, um, which, mm -hmm. I mean, you think of despot, you think of one ruler, but, it, you know, there, there's really, you know, a racial dictatorship that had emerged. Um, but he said, you know, if we patch up the worst parts, we can whittle it down. I don't think I believe that, but I get where Stevens is, is you know, we talked about where Stevens kind of grew to that because it's a system that will beat you up. It's a system designed not to resolve its contradictions and to uphold, mm -hmm. you know, regressive power. And if you integrate yourself in that system, it will beat you to a pulp and leave you taking compromises first and foremost. Yeah. Um, and that, that is a hard, it's, it's a hard thing to swallow and it's a hard thing to look yeah. at. Um, that being said, I still don't think for a second I question, um, Again, knowing his background, knowing where he mm -hmm. stood, knowing where knowing where he stood until he died, I yeah. don't question Thaddeus Stevens' resolve or his his convictions in the slightest. Yeah. yeah, and that's where that we talk about. You know, I mean, you have someone with the resolve and the conviction of Thaddeus Stevens and with the goals of Thaddeus Stevens, and even he got beat to a pulp. And then you want me to be sure of the intentions of other people that I don't trust to fix inside yeah. the system. This is why I don't think a solution will ever come from inside the system. Um, understandable yeah understandable but you uh, want people like if you if you had to have someone inside the system fighting oh, for you it, yeah i want like that you want charles all day long yeah yeah absolutely yeah. but and to the uh, and to a lesser extent there are other there are other members of this group um that that have that have risen up and given impassioned yeah. defenses of this system of 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 the system that we envision and the system that should have come that got beat down. Yeah, um, yeah. I so mean, the committee are, of fifteen had you know we talk about like there were three Democrats and some some reactionaries, but there were like you know eight strong members that that at least two of them stood every time by Stevens. You know, yeah. So there and, there were more men than those we two. And when we so when we level when we level critiques within the system, yeah, I don't feel like it's wrong to try and hold people to a level that has existed within this exact same system because we've talked about all the time the parallels between what we're talking about now and what is happening today we talk about it constantly that oh johnson is a biden figure johnson is the, you know we we can see all these parallels between these people it is not wrong of me to expect you to at least rise to the level that 
other people in your exact same position have risen to. It's just not. Yeah. And and I yeah. will continue to make that my see, standard. Yeah, but then as you can see, and we talked about the the squad today and, and confirming Pelosi and stuff. Um, you know, I mean, as you can see today, right? There's not even someone of of the Stephen Sumner or exactly. these other guys variety in there. You know, I mean, the person exactly. we had the most the most faith in was was Cori Bush, and we didn't have faith in her, and rightly because the first <laughs> no. vote we proved first to not have vote. faith in her was the was the best first. Move. It's just like yeah. AOC's first vote was to what was was what, wasn't AOC's ice. first vote? Yeah. It, it is what it is again you yeah. can talk a big talk but i'm gonna hold you to your actions and i'm gonna hold you yeah. to what you actually do and again you saw someone like charles sumner sumner was sumner went against his own party went against stevens the man the man yeah. who was most ideologically aligned with him to take a moral stand and an, and, yeah. an, and a stand against uh, with his convictions yeah that's all i'm asking for I'm asking yeah, you to so, take stands that are against your own self-interest and in, in the interest of your convictions. And I yeah, don't see that nowadays. Yeah. So something, I mean, kind of hearkening back to the capital here, the more important part of this analysis, if it's just, it's systemic, it doesn't matter how good or bad these politicians are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, the system's going to beat them down. The system's going to rob them of power. The system's not going to change. That's the point of the system. Just like it doesn't matter yeah. how good or bad a capitalist is, their interest is paying you the least and exploiting you the most most and and they're all gonna be shitty because they're gonna be and driven by that interest, profit and a huge part of the reason that that stevens and sumner cannot get what they want mm-hmm. is the base of capital the northeast base of capital is fighting them tooth nail and with a much more funded and much better organized uh, uh opposition yeah because they yeah. have the power and the means to exploit that power absolutely so the biggest takeaway is in the system doesn't matter how good you are you're not going to fix it. So don't throw like good capitalists or good politicians or whatever at the system because you're wasting a lot of effort there. But obviously you still want those better politicians or, or you know, those better capitals or whatever. And and when people aren't even meeting that standard and they're supposed to be the gold standard. Yeah, I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to call bullshit. I'm going to call yeah. bullshit and I'm not going to be ashamed of it and I'm not going to no. not going to back down off of it. Absolutely. Um, The Committee committee of 15 now tried to find out by actual inquiry just what the situation in the South was in regard to the Negro. Oh, God. Are they going to call Schurz? Don't call Schurz. (laughs) Don't call Schurz! But he'll have all the details. He'll have all the details. (laughs) It did this not so much because anyone was in doubt as because the situation of the Negro was the most appealing thing that could be used to bring a majority to the vote of the individual of the industrial North. It would increase the tremendous moral afflatus, which made the war more and more symbolic in the minds of the people of the United States, a great of a great triumph of human freedom. Subcommittees of the main committee took testimony for months all over the South and eventually issued an unanswerable array of evidence. April 20th, Robert Dale Owen brought a proposal for a 14th amendment to Stevens in the committee of 15. Stevens picked up my manuscript, looked it carefully over, and then in his impulsive way said, I'll be playing with you, Owen. We've had nothing before us that comes anywhere near as being as good as this or as complete. It would be likely to pass too. That's the best of it. We haven't a majority either in our committee or in Congress for immediate suffrage. And I don't believe that the states have yet advanced so far that they would be willing to ratify it. I'll lay that amendment of yours before our committee tomorrow, if you say so, and I'll do my best to put it through. That's what I love about that's that's mm-hmm. that's Stevens. There's a conviction you, right there. Yep. He will tell you straight to his face what I believe can be done, and I'll do everything in my damnedest to do it. 
Mm-hmm. Previous to this time, the thought was to bring in several separate amendments, but now the attitude was to unite the whole matter in one comprehensive amendment so that the proposition of April 21st was to be presented as follows. Section one, no discrimination shall be made by any state nor by the United States as to civil rights of persons because of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Section two, from and after the fourth day of July in the year 1,876, no discrimination shall be made by any state nor by the United States as to the enjoyment of classes of persons of the right of suffrage or because of the color or race of previous condition of servitude. Section three. Until the fourth day of July, 1,876, no class of persons as to the right of any of whom to suffrage discrimination shall be made by any state because of race, color, or previous condition of servitude shall be included in the basis of representation. Section four. Debts incurred in aid of insurrection or of war against the Union and claims of compensation for loss of involuntary service of labor shall not be paid by any state nor by the United States. Bingham moved a fifth section to the amendment along the lines of his previous efforts. Section five, no state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor to deny any person within its jurisdictions the equal protection of law. This Bingham gentleman is is like an unsung hero that doesn't get enough praise, but Bingham is constantly bringing that you cannot discriminate against people amendment like forward heartily. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the other we were talking about. There's there's other people besides just Sumner and Stevens. They're just the ones we know best. Yeah. Bingham is definitely, Bingham you know, is definitely one of the one of those in that guys. category. Yeah. Also, I like this. So it's clear that kind of took the idea of, hey, you know, it, it, and the idea Sumner rightly routed is you're just, you know, trying to, to play incentive option with them. But, hey, if you don't give black people the right to vote, you don't get to claim them representation. And also put Period. it secondarily after a very plain, by the way, they get a right to vote. <laughs> Everyone gets a right to vote. Yeah. The Bingham proposal was first adopted and then struck out by the committee. It was voted seven to six to report the first three sections to Congress. Bingham tried in vain to bring his proposal as a separate amendment. Thus, Owen's opposition was ordered sent to Owen's proposition was ordered sent to Congress and had a good chance of being adopted. But Fessenden and the chairman was sick with Valeroid and it was decided to delay final report until he was better. Oh. Valeroid was apparently a thing he was actually Vor- sick with. Not varioloid. I don't know what varioloid. He had a disease. David, figure out what disease he had. Yeah. Stephen told Owens. Stephen told Owens the sequel. Our action on your amendments and Stevens had it seems gotten noised about a noised abroad in the course of the last week. The members from New oh. York and from Illinois, from your state too, Owen, from Indiana, held each separately a caucus to consider whether. Equality of suffrage, present or prospective, ought to form a part of the Republican program from the coming canvas. They were afraid, so so some of them told us, that if there was a N-word in the woodpile at all, that was the phrase, it would be used against them as electioneering as an electioneering handle. And some of them, hang their cowardice, might lose their elections. Mm-hmm. By inconsiderable minorities, each of those caucuses decided that the Negro suffrage in any shape ought to be excluded from the platform, and they communicated these decisions to us. David, what's what's Valeroid? Okay, so you ready for something pleasant and totally uh, not not gross? Uh, Valeroid sure. is smallpox. Oh, we had smallpox. Oh, we had the smallpox. Yeah. 
but supposedly it's it's here it it's it's actually pronounced varioloid and it is of or relating to a mild case of smallpox so at least it's mild oh, you said a little now, smallpox yeah, I mean, now if it's anything like the mild cases of COVID, where you get permanent lung and brain damage, it, yeah, I'm, I'm not super excited about that. But great. yeah, just smallpox. So they, you, you just know, had a well, little bit of the smallpox. Yeah, I had a little bit of smallpox. We'll, we'll get the amendment later. Just let them get over the smallpox. We'll get there. Just get over that little bit of smallpox. Our yeah. committee hadn't backbone enough to maintain its ground yesterday. The vote on your plan was reconsidered. Your amendment was laid on the table. And in the course of the next three hours, we contrived to patch together, well, what you've si- what you've read this morning. David, take it away. The sections were changed so as simply to exclude disenfranchised Negroes from being made on the basis of apportionment. Williams then presented a new section which allowed Negroes gradually to be enfranchised and thus gradually to become a basis of representation. Representatives shall be apportioned among several states which may be included within this union according to their respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state, excluding Indians not taxed. Always got to have that part. Um, Always. But whenever a... But whenever in any Senate, the elective franchise shall be denied any portion of its male citizens, not less than 21 years of age or in any way abridged, except by the participation in rebellion or other crime, the basis of representation in such a state shall be reduced in the proportion which the number of such male citizens shall bear the whole number of male citizens, not less than 21 years of age. That it was very wordy. So we've got... We've got discrimination against indigenous people that are not taxed. So I guess, you know, if you live in um, basically the, the what amounts to, to little Gazas all across America in a, in a reservation and you actually have some false some uh, semblance of, of um, uh, autonomy, uh, although we know how not very autonomous that is, you also, you know, you don't get counted. Um, but hey. Everybody else, in a really wordy, mealy mouth way, I think it says that if you're you have the voters, they're represented, but you can't have people that aren't voters. Does that make sense? Is that what that it makes says? Sense. I think. Okay. I think so. I think so. Okay. This was adopted as section two of the final amendment. Finally, on the same date, the committee reinserted by a vote of ten to three Bingham's proposition on civil rights as section one. Afterward, Conk. Conkling before the Supreme Court explained his action. At the time the 14th Amendment was ratified, individuals and joint stock companies were appealing for congressional and administrative protection against the invidious and discriminating state and local taxes. One instance was that of an express company whose stock was owned largely by citizens of the state of New York, who came with petitions and bills seeking acts of Congress to aid them in resisting what they deemed oppressive taxation in two states and oppressive and ruinous rules of damages applied under state laws, that complaints of oppression in respect to property and other rights made by citizens of the northern states who took up residence in the south were rife in and out of Congress. There wasn't equal a portioning of the laws the laws were not applying equally in all areas we need a fucking federal rule to make this shit work uh stop trying to push into states rights yeah uh the committee then considered section three mr harris moved moved to inserting the following until the fourth day of july in the year of 1870 all persons who voluntarily adhered to the late insurrection giving it aid and comfort shall be excluded from the right to vote for representatives in Congress and for electors for president and vice president of the United States. This was finally adopted by a vote of eight to seven. Barely got that one through. Barely. Um, 
the committee then discussed and the red mission of the Southern States. Oh, the readmission. <laughs> now that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> the readmission of the Southern States were adopted by the vote of 12 to 3. This proposed amendment and bill were reported to the House April 30th, debated May 8th, 9th, and 10th, and passed May 10th. Stevens defended it May 8th and May 10th. Our fathers had been compelled to postpone the principles of their great declaration and wait for their full establishment until a more, a more propitious time. That time ought to be present now. But the public mind has been educated in error for a century. How difficult in a day to unlearn it. In rebuilding, it is necessary to clear away the rotten and defective portions of the old foundations and to sink deep and found the unrepaired edifice upon the firm foundation of eternal justice. If perchance the accumulated quicksands render it impossible to reach in every part so firm a basis that it becomes our duty to dive deep and solid the substituted piles on which to build. It would not be wise to prevent raising the, re the structure because of some corner of it might be founded upon materials subject to the inevitable laws of mortal decay. It were better to shelter the household and trust the advancing progress of a higher morality and a pure and more intelligent principle to underpin the defective corner. So again, here's, Just, you know, yeah. Stevens justifying compromises. Um, yeah. Now, to be clear, also, guys, we just yeah. started a at least one and a half page Stevens quote. So it's going to go yeah, for a minute. So <laughs> we're, we're going to keep this up. Yep. Uh, this proposition is not all that the committee desired. It falls far short of my wishes, but it fulfills my hopes. I believe it is all that can be obtained in this present state of the public opinion. Not only Congress, but several states are to be consulted. Upon a careful survey of the whole ground, we did not believe that 19 of the loyal states could be induced to ratify any proposition more stringent than this. I say 19, for I utterly repudiate and scorn the idea that any state not acting in the Union is to be counted on the question of ratification. It is absurd to propose that any more than three-fourths of the states that propose the amendment are required to make it valid, that states not here are to be counted as present. Believing then that this is the best proposition that can be made effectual, I accept it. I shall not be driven by clamor or denunciation to throw away a great cause because it is not perfect. I will take all I can get in the cause of humanity and leave it to be perfected by better men in better times. It may be that the time will not come while I am here to enjoy the glorious triumph, but that it will come is as certain as that there is a just God. This is Steven no, this is there is something to this. Um, yeah, and David, I, I will put this to you. This is very John the Baptist here. <laughs> this is very this is very much i will not live to see the glory that is coming but i am going to be part of making sure that the people that come after me are able to enact that um, yeah i mean i'm not gonna like turn around and say you know that i agree with steven's compromise we basically said we understand where he's coming from and we understand what the system does to you um that said the other thing he's saying is that I don't care if I live to see the day it happens. Like I'm, I'm not yes. here. It's not about touching glory, right? It's yes. about being part of the process that brought that glory about. And yes. that's something that we should all look up to and partake in ourselves as revolutionaries. Obviously yes. we want to see the end of the revolution, but realistically that's, there's only so many of us that are going to, but every bit of partaking in it, 
that's what we should you, want to do. That's what we should do. You can for. touch the ball and you can move the ball forward. But if your whole thing, if you're either, if you're only in this because I'm going to be the one that gets written about in the history books and I'm going to be the one that gets us to the promised land. Yeah. You're doing this for the wrong reasons. Well, and even a lot of the people that will be written about in the history books won't live to see the end. Won't yes. live to see Thaddeus the end results. Stevens didn't live to see the end. Spoiler yeah. alert. I hate to say it. He didn't get to see what he wanted, guys, because what he yeah. wanted never even occurred. But but yeah. it, he's going to die well before he's able to get this ball over the finish line. Um, mm-hmm. And he recognized that and recognized what his limitations were and worked within them. Yeah. Stevens then referred to the previous draft of the amendment after having received the careful examination and appropriate approbation of the committee and having received the United Republican vote of 120 representatives of the people. It was announced as utterly reprehensible and unpardonable to be encountered as a public enemy, positively endangering the peace of the country and covering its name with dishonor, a wickedness on a larger scale than the crime against Kansas or the fugitive slave law, gross, foul, outrageous, and incredible injustice against the whole African race with every other vulgar epithet, which polished cultivation could command i confess my mortification at its defeat i grieved especially because it almost closed the door of hope on the amelioration of the of the condition of the freedmen but men in pursuit of justice must never despair let us again try and see whether we cannot devise some way to overcome the united forces of self-righteous republicans and 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 unrighteous copperheads. It will not do for those who 30 years have fought the beast of Ephesus to be frightened by the fangs of the modern catamounts. So again, you know, here's something that I do not, I do not like hearing these words from Stevens. They, they ring, they ring at a time where they actually made more sense, but how many times do you hear shit like this? Right? Like Mm -hmm. it's self-righteous dreamy, you know, progressives, and Republicans will defeat this from, you know, don't don't let the perfect be be the, the defeat of the practical or the realistic. Don't be the, don't let the perfect shit. be the enemy of the good. Yeah, exactly. That it's that kind of bullshit. And that that's such a load of crap. It um, is a normal situation. There, there are times there are times where it does apply because it has to um, and possibly here. But and generally, I'm going to give, I'm gonna give Stevens. I'm going to give Stevens till the end of his quote because he's going to continue this speech on May 10th. Mm-hmm. Let not those friends of secession sing to me their siren song of peace and goodwill until they can stop my ears to the screams and groans of the dying victims at Memphis. I hold in my hand an elaborate account from a man whom I know to be of the highest respectability in the country, every word of which I believe. This account of that foul transaction only reached me last night. It is more horrible in its atrocity, though not to the same extent than the measure at massacre at Jamaica. Tell me, Tennessee or any other state is loyal of whom such things are proved. Ah, sir, it was but six years ago when they were here, just before they went out to join the armies of Catiline, just before they left this hall. Those of you who were here then will remember the scene in which every Southern member, encouraged by the Allies, came forth in one yelling body because a speech for freedom was being made here. When weapons were drawn and Barksdale's bowie knife gleamed before our eyes, would you have those men back again so soon to reenact those scenes? Wait until I am gone. I pray you. I want not to go through it again. It will be but a short time for my colleagues to wait. Uh, Stevens knew he was dying. Yeah. 
Uh, now, sir, if the gentleman had remembered the scenes 20 years ago when no man dared speak without risking his life, when but a few men did do it, for there were cowards in those days, as there are in these, you would not have found them asking to bring these men in. And I only wonder that my friend from Mr. Ohio, Bingham, should intimate a desire to bring them here. The announcements of the vote, May 10th, was 128 to 37, 19 not voting. It was received with applause on the floor and then in the galleries. Mr. Elridge of Wisconsin rose angrily to question, to a question of order. I want to know if it is understood that the proceedings of this house are to be interrupted by those who come here to occupy the galleries. The gentleman from Wisconsin, replied the speaker, makes the point of order that expressions of approbation or disapprobation from persons occupying the galleries are not in order. The chair sustains the point of order, but Mr. Elridge was still angry. I do not want our proceedings to be interrupted by, Hmm. Hard and word in the galleries. The galleries hissed and Stevens asked, is it in order for members on the floor to disturb those in the galleries? Members upon the floor should not insult the spectators in the galleries, said the speaker. <laughs> the 14th Amendment came up in the Senate April 30th, but president was still ill and no action was to be taken for two weeks. Finally, May 23rd, Howard of Michigan began the debate. He declared that the object of the 14th Amendment was primarily to give Congress the power to enforce the guarantees of freedom in the first eight amendments to the Constitution. The West, led by Sherman, Doolittle, and others, tried to reintroduce voters as the basis of representation. New England, through Senator Wilson of Massachusetts, was opposed to striking from the basis of representation. 2.1 million unnaturalized engineers, or foreigners, sorry. Foreigners. <laughs> foreigners, yeah, same thing. <laughs> Um, who gave the North 17 representatives. Sherman did not agree. If it is right to exclude 4 million of blacks in the Southern states who are denied representation, is it not also right to exclude all other classes in every other state who are denied political power? The question of Negro citizenship was discussed and Julian of Indiana opposed the conservative stand to follow conservatism. We would recognize the revolting states are still in the union. It is a, it is, opposes the protection of the mil millions of loyal colored people of the South through the agency of the Freedman's Bureau. It opposes the Civil Rights Bill. It opposes with all bitterness the policy of giving the freedmen the ballot. On the other hand, radicalism would hold treason a crime. It would base representation on the actual voters. It favors the protection of the colored people of the South through the Freedman's Bureau and the Civil Rights Bill. It demands the ballot as the right of every colored citizen. David. Evidently, the breach between the East and the West was growing, and coupled with Sumner's attitude, it looks as though the 14th Amendment was again doomed. The Republican Party fell back upon the caucus. From May 24th to May 28th, the Senate was in session but a few hours, which gave the Republicans time to discuss the whole matter in a party caucus. The party at the time showed clear division into conservative industrial elements like Fessenden, Trumbull, and Morgan, and the abolition democracy led by Sumner, Wade, and Yates. The opposition of Sumner and the abolition democracy was finally overcome by the plain facts of the case. This was the utmost that could be got from Congress in defense of democracy. Was it not worth taking? What could be hoped for in the further delay? As a result of the caucuses, certain amendments were made. The second section was amended to strike out the word citizen and insert inhabitants being citizens of the United States. A new first section was inserted that all persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of states wherein they reside. 
The Senate's changes thus consisted in defining who were citizens and in substituting for disenfranchisement of all participants in secession until 1870. The ineligibility of certain high officials, it opened the elective franchise to such persons as states may choose to admit and adopted the third section in its present form. We have thus followed, as well as records let us, the inner history of the Reconstruction measures of Congress and the Committee of Fifteen and other sources. Now let us look at the proceedings of Congress as the negotiations on these matters rose among leaders, here and there and now, in the sea of struggling, unorganized actions. In the matter of civil rights... Oh, go ahead. Mm -hmm. No, 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 go ahead. Okay. In the matter of civil rights, the final draft of the 14th Amendment said... All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law or deny any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of laws. The first proposition of Civil rights was introduced into the House by Mr. Stevens, December 5th, 1865. On December 6th, Bingham of Ohio offered an amendment. Both of these revolution- resolutions went to the Committee on the Judiciary. Two other propositions were introduced December 11th, February 1st, 1866. A motion was passed directing the Committee of 15 to inquire into this matter. Williams suggested an amendment February 5th, empowering Congress to enforce all obligations or disabilities imposed by the Constitution on several states. February 3rd, 1866, the Committee of 15, as we have noted, reported both houses and proposed an amendment, Mr. Bingham in the House and by Mr. Fessenden in the Senate. Both motions were indefinitely postponed, and there was a strong desire to get the whole report on the Committee of 15. On March 9th, 1866, while the Senate was discussing the apportionment of representatives, Senator Yates of Illinois moved on to amendment for civil and political rights, but it secured only seven votes. Two other similar propositions were made in the Senate, but received small support. The first section of the resolution reported the House April 30th, 1866, became eventually the civil rights section of the 14th Amendment passed by the House. But the Senate, as we have seen, did not adopt it. Several step attempts were made to amend it in the Senate. Mr. Wade offered a substitute for the entire resolution, but the whole proposition failed. While the second proposition came from the Senate May 30th, Howard of Michigan, in behalf of the Senate members of the Joint Committee, presented a series of resolutions which had been adopted by the Republican Caucus as a substitute for the House Amendment. The substitute was accepted. The first change was to prefix these words in the first clause of the amendment. All persons born in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States wherein they reside. Later, Fessenden of Maine secured the inclusion of naturalized persons. Senator Johnson of Maryland tried unsuccessfully to strike out the guarantee that states should not make or enforce any law to abridge the privileges of immunity of citizens. Disability for participation in the secession was covered in Section 3. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of the state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid, comfort, aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. 
if you were involved in the Civil War on the South, you don't get in unless two thirds of us say you get in. Period. Yeah. Four amendments on disabilities for participation in the rebellion were introduced in 1866. In the report of the Committee of 15 on April 30th, 1866, there was included a third section by which all persons who voluntarily adhered to the late insurrection were included, excluded from the right to vote until July 4th, 1870. Attempts were made to amend this in the House. Where the resolution reached the Senate, there were 15 attempts to alter this section. On May 30th, Senator Howard of Michigan, in behalf of the Senate members of the Joint Committee on Reconstruction, presented a new draft in which he proposed, in place of the third section, the provision which now appears in the 14th Amendment. Many efforts were made to amend it. The Democratic senators seemed to prefer the Howard substitute to the House Amendment. The section passed. The question of suffrage for Negroes was covered by Section 2. Representatives shall be apportioned among the several states according to their respective numbers, counting the whole number of persons in each state, excluding Indians not taxed, of course. But when the right to vote, at, at, we're getting that on a shirt, excluding Indians not taxed. It's just yeah, going on a shirt. Yeah, that's just, that's, that's, oh my God. I, I, call the you Red know Nation, what? call the Red Nation, if call Bands of Turtle say, Island. I was going to say, if we, if we put it on, on a shirt, it's just to burn it. <laughs> I know, awful. I know. But when the right to vote at any election of the choice of the electors for president and vice president of the United States, representatives in Congress, the executive or judicial offices of the officers of the state or the members or of the legislature thereof is denied to any of the male inhabitants of such state being 21 years of age and citizens of the United States or in any way abridged except for the participation in rebellion or other crime. The basis of representation therein shall be reduced in the proportion which the number of such male citizens shall bear to the whole number of any male citizens 21 years of age or such in the state (laughs) this question of negro suffrage gave rise to five proposed amendments just before the civil war all of these excluded persons of negro descent from the right to vote and most of them excluded them from the right to hold office in the opening days of the 39th Congress, there were six propositions to guarantee the right to vote to Negroes. Two proposed an educational standard in voting for federal offices. Boutwell proposed an amendment making unlawful any distinction in the elective franchise on account of race or color. Another amendment proposed to give Congress power to define the qualifications of voters and members of Congress and of presidential elections. Electors. Henderson, January 23rd, 1866, proposed an amendment denying the state the right to discriminate against voters on account of race or color. January 22nd, 1866, the proposal on the apportionment of representatives and the abridgment of representatives was presented to the Committee of 15 to the House. It was recommitted January 29th and reported again January 31st. It passed January 31st. In the Senate, there were five attempts to amend this resolution. Sumner presented a resolution making color discrimination impossible in the courtroom or ballot box. This was rejected, 39 to 8. Howard proposed <laughs> to admit, a lot, guys. Yeah, good work, gang. Howard proposed to admit the franchise Negroes in the Army and Navy or those able to read and write or those who had property to the value of $250. This was not acted on. Sumner again attempted to amend the resolution by making illegal discrimination on the account of race and color. It was lost 39 to 8. A similar proposal by Yates of Illinois was rejected. 
Three other proportion propositions to amend the Constitution relative to suffrage were introduced before the close of Congress. One was a proposition by Stewart of Nevada on March 16th. This foreshadowed the subsequent grandfather clause. It admitted the southern states on several conditions, one of which was the extension of the elective franchise to all persons upon the same terms and conditions, making no discrimination on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude, providing that those who are qualified to vote in the year of 1860 by the law of their respective states shall not be disenfranchised for any reason by any new tests or conditions which have been or may be prescribed since that year hence the term grandfathering in yeah 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 that when the aforementioned conditions shall have been complied with and ratified by a majority of the present voting population a general amnesty shall be proclaimed that all the loyal states be respectful required be respectfully requested to incorporate in their constitutions an amendment corresponding to the one above described that it is not intended to assert a coercive power on the part of Congress in regard to the regulation of the suffrage in the different States, but only to make an appeal to their own good sense and the love of country with a view of the prevention of serious evils now threatened. Fart sound. Bum, bum, bum. Seward <laughs> said in 1870, <laughs> I mean, hold on a second. Like we Please. we don't intend course of power. We just want to appeal appeal to your good senses. Like fuck, fuck just off. such garbage. Yep. Seward in eighteen seventy, when the Reconstruction question arose about the Fourteenth Amendment, I proposed that all persons born in the United States after the date of Mister Lincoln's proclamation abolishing slavery should be entitled to vote on arriving at the age of twenty one years, and this should enter into Reconstruction. Sure, you did, Seward. Yeah, of um, course you did. The resolution for the new 14th Amendment passed the Senate June 8th, 1866, by a vote of 33 to 11. Five members not voted. The amendment resolution was brought before the House and was called up June 13th. After a limited debate, the amendments made by the Senate were concurred in by a vote of 120 to 32, 32 not voting. Thus, the 14th Amendment was sent to the states for approval. After the president's veto of the Freedmen's Bureau bill, many members wanted the question immediately reconsidered. And the day after the president's speech of February 22nd, Senator Wilson introduced a bill which was not reported. The legislatures of several states approved of a bill by petitions which urged maintaining the bureau. The president tried to counteract this by sending two agents, General Steedman and Fullerton, to investigate the bureau. They were both in sympathy with this policy and made a tour of four months. They commended Howard and believed that the Bureau had done much to preserve the order and organize free labor, but that it sometimes had been dishonestly and injudiciously administered, and that was time for it to come to an end. We we agree with you, but we don't agree with your methods. Yeah. We, we believe in your ideology, but we just you're too authoritarian, blah 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 blah, blah bullshit. Um, <laughs> abracadabra forever and ever amen forever and ever uh, amen this report was widely circulated and discussed the charges were investigated and public confidence in the bureau was shaken nevertheless may 22nd a bill to continue the bureau was introduced it differed from the bill of february 9th in limiting the bureau to two years land held under sherman's orders was to be restored to former owners and other land furnished furnished the dispossessed freedmen Army officers were retained in the service of the Bureau, and commissioners were authorized to cooperate with evident, 
agents of benevolent associations. Property was to be appropriated for the education of freedmen and military protection of their civil rights guaranteed. So, okay, the Freedmen's Bureau was supposed to exist for two more years and guarantee their civil rights, but they also had to return the land to the slaveholders in under yeah. Sherman's area, which is which is no bullshit, good. But whatever. Yeah, you know bad. that Sher- that was the first good thing that happened with mm-hmm. Sherman's rule. Yes. After discussion, the bill passed the House May 29th by a vote of 96 to 32. In the Senate, the bill was amended and a conference was held. The conference agreed that the question arising out of Sherman's order should be left entirely with the president for settlement. On June 16th, the president vetoed a bill and called the Freedmen's Bureau a proposition to transfer 4 million slaves from their original owners to a new set of taskmasters. Ooh, a new set of taskmasters. How fancy. Definitely not discriminatory. Um... By a severe exercise of party discipline, according to Blaine, the necessary two-thirds vote was procured in each house, and the bill passed over the president's veto on the same day that it was received. Thus, government guardianship of freedmen was given a temporary extension. Well, I guess, so maybe the taskmasters were, were, were government employers, maybe, trying to prevent... No, the, no, that's what we said. The president cycle. vetoed so, the bill and called the the president yeah. vetoed the bill and called the Freedmen's Bureau a new a proposition to transfer four million from their original owners. He was calling the Freedmen's Bureau a new set of taskmasters. Ah, taskmasters. Okay. okay, that's now, what Johnson was insinuating. That. Okay, I didn't quite quite read that there. So it's yeah. hard to do it when you're reading it live. Yeah, state state capitalism type shit basically, exactly. but for slavery. Exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Thus, government guardianship of freedmen was given temporary extension under a grudging and partly inimicable administration the disposition of congress to yield in part to the president was manifest and on june 6th the committee of 15 was reappointed subcommittees had been taking testimony all over the south the final report of the committee of 15 was made june 18th it made an 800 page book holy shit and a hundred (laughs) thousand copies were distributed did Schurz write this book holy shit um a hundred thousand copies were distributed. Its majority and minority sections summed up the strongest arguments available for and against the proposed methods of reconstruction. The part of the majority report that touched the Negro said slavery has been abolished. We're going to stop there. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to be a long a, quote. It's going to be you, a have very you at how long of that quote is. It's going to be no, a long quote. because I wasn't looking ahead because I don't do that. Yeah, um, that's okay. why I was trying to cut off before on June well, 6th. Because it's stop yeah. me, stop me more forcefully next time. That well, guys, I don't know how to cut you off. What if I ever the one that cuts us off? I that's a valid point, but you knew things I didn't know. You had information. Okay, um, sorry. No, you should be. That being said, guys, uh, there is going to be a long quote kicking off next time. Also, spoiler alert. We're finishing this chapter next episode. Um, Fun stuff. That's that's the information I have. This chapter ends on page three uh, twenty three. We're on page three thirteen right now. Um, yeah, we're we're getting there. We're we're gonna make we're gonna make it happen one way or another next episode. Um, Too much damn legalese to not. We're on page three eleven right now, but we're gonna get through. We're gonna get through that next episode. That's my commitment to you. We will do it. That being said. This has been Mark's Madness, and uh, you know, in the tradition of Mark's Madness, there are a number of different ways that you can reach out to us if you would like to do that. Uh, the first way you can reach out to us is through email. That email is marksmadnesspod at gmail.com. The uh, next and shorter way you can reach out to us is on Twitter. Uh, you know, you can add us or you can get into our DMs uh, at Mark's Madness Pod on Twitter is how you can do that. 
Um, let's say you wanted a more long form way of getting in touch with us and you want to form a parasocial relationship through a, uh, message board that we, uh, inhabit, well, we, I inhabit and David shows up to after we do bloodless coups every now and again. Um, I did pop in for a quick hello. You did pop in and you've now made a promise for, uh, for emotes on the Thaddeus Stevens emote that we must have. The Thad Daddy emote must happen as well as the two-time Daytona champion, Daytona 500 champion Jeff Davis emotes must happen. Um, but you can join Discord. You can join our Discord, the Mark's Madness Discord. Um, it used to be the Dumb and Awful Discord. There was a bloodless coup. We are now in charge. Um, it, it was nothing has changed. It's the same Discord. It's just we squatted in it for a while. Now we're taking over for a little bit. Um, but you can uh, find that link in our Twitter bio. You can also email us directly if you would like that link and don't use Twitter. Um, but we just hang out there. You know, we play Final Fantasy 14. We talk, we chat, we, we do other stuff. Um, sometimes we watch movies. Um, that being said, David, I would love it if you would disclaim us for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, this is a podcast that started with me and Nathan just wanting to read a book together and have a discussion and thought, what the hell will record in case people want to want to listen to it. And now, of course, it's it's kind of morphed into a few things. So uh, with what it's become, we always hope, certainly first and foremost, that you're out there organizing, agitating, educating in some kind of party or some kind of uh, group, at least, and that you're doing readings and that we, along with the readings, can be complimentary, can give you another voice in your reading group, another perspective, a little more context, and better bring this, this theory out. Uh, so Save that. Let's say you're just reading independently because you know your uh, reading group or political education group is focusing on, say, shorter works. Um, hopefully, we can be that reading, that discussion group for you on these works. And save for that, whether it's a shorter or a more summarized work where uh, we're kind of being an enhanced cliff notes, or it's something like this where we're being an enhanced ebook slash reading group for you. Whatever we can do to make this theory more accessible to you, because we find theory extremely important. Because praxis, uh, the action, what should be considered theory in action, um, all the things you do out there, uh, should be guided by theory. Without theory, it's rudderless. Uh, it can lead to negative consequences as well as po- con- positive consequences or simply just lead nowhere. Uh, so theory should be the guiding force and praxis should be theory in action. Uh, and you need one in order to fully understand and fully do the other. Um, so they're tied at the hip. They're inseparable. Amen. That being said, uh, this has been Mark's Madness. We will return to you next Wednesday, as is our want. (laughs) Um, But unless David has anything else, my name has been Nathan. My name has been and will be in the future, David. You know what? All right. I tried to do something different. It's hard to do this every time. Okay, fine. Mark's Madness. We will talk to you all next week. Bye. Bye.